This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. Amen. So we are going to continue on. Uh, we're still talking about um, are you prepared for the marriage state? So we're talking, we're in our premarital class, and I want to remind everyone, um, we do have the um, online questionnaire where you can go in and you can submit anonymous questions. If you have questions about the teaching, go ahead and submit that. It's anonymous. You can go on our website. It's a link. You fill it out. And after the, um, the teaching, this part of the teaching will take time to answer those questions. So make sure you take advantage of that. But we have been teaching on this subject for a while now. Are you prepared for the marriage state? And my piece that I've been doing for the last couple of weeks is, are you prepared to submit in marriage? And we said that this teaching, the objective of this teaching is to examine God's plan and expectation for submission in marriage. So we talked about that submission is something as a believer that we all have to do. It's not optional. As a believer, we submit to God, and therefore we submit to his delegated authority. So we looked at that point. We looked at submission as a believer. And then we went on last week, and we started talking about submission in marriage. And in submission in marriage, there's mutual submission. And then there we talked about delegated authority and submission in marriage. Then the other two points which we're going to hit on today is why submit in marriage, and then how can I prepare for submission in marriage. We're not going to go there today, but we did look at Ephesians chapter 5 when we read verses 21 through 33. And we were talking, it was talking about submission and the wife's role and the husband's role in marriage. And we talked about to submit means to align oneself under authority, to get in order, to arrange, to get in your proper rank, and to render obedience. Submission is a choice. And God sets the rules for my life. Because we're, listen, we're talking about godly submission here. Remember, I don't know if I said it in this one or the Wednesday night. As believers, we're going to get out of that negative comment. Oh, I said I was going to. And if anybody wanted to join me, feel free. I, I would love for you to join me. I'm getting out of the negative uh, connotation, thinking of the negative connotation for submission, that somebody is trying to dominate. That's not what it is. As submission, as believers, we're submitted to God because he's the ultimate authority. And there are benefits in submission. So, we have to look at submission the way God looks at submission and the way God looks at authority. And we said when we submit to God, we yield to him. We fall in line behind him. We conform his will. We conform our will to his will. We conform to his purpose. We align every part of our lives to his will. And we said submission is serious. For us as a believer, it's serious. It is of utmost importance. We don't take it lightly. Then we went on to say, as individual believers, we should be submitted to God. So therefore, before you get married, each individual, the man and the woman, should be submitted before they get married. Because, let's go over the definition of marriage. Marriage is a divine institution created by God, whereby two rational, free moral agents, a man and a woman, who are born again, choose to enter into a covenant relationship with another imperfect person for a lifetime. So the individuals, the man and the woman, that choose to enter into this covenant are born again. Born again, people submit to God. That's what we do, okay? So, 
God should direct each of those people's lives. He should have restraining influence over their lives. And he should hold and check their thoughts, emotions, decisions, and actions. So submission to God is not optional. That means when you submit to God, you submit to his delegated authority and order in every area of your life. That includes marriage. And when we look at marriage, it's God's divine institution. So God created marriage and he created an order for it. We went over to Genesis and we saw how Adam, uh, God made Adam out of the ground. And then he made Eve from the rib of Adam. And he created Adam and Eve for purpose. There was no dominating. Adam wasn't dominating Eve. Eve wasn't dominating Adam. Adam and Eve were created for purpose. Marriage is God's purpose. It's his ordained order. So that's what we must agree with, and that's what we have to submit to. We have to submit to God's order for marriage, his purpose for marriage, and his definition for marriage. Anytime you go in and you try to change anything in God's divine order, you're out of line. You're rebellious. That's resisting God. That's disobedience. That's sin. So, as believers, we can't look at marriage as the way the world or this society has showed us that marriage is. We have to let God define marriage for us. We have to allow him to show us how to think about marriage, how to have the right expectations so that we're not making our own expectations or doing something that we've seen somebody else do. Or another thing is we take the wrong look at it. And submission has that's why submission has gotten a bad rap because men, people want to have dominion over other people and that's what God never set it out to be that way. So we have to let God order this and we have to accept his definition of marriage. So to do that... Each individual, the man and the woman, has to allow God to instruct, correct, conform, and transform them into what God has called them to be so they can be the godly spouse and have the godly marriage that God wants them to have. So, in, in that, both people have to have an inward conviction and follow that inward con- conviction. It's not just enough to do the thing, but you have to do the thing. It just can't be outward. It has to be inward, and you have to follow that inward con- conviction. If you would not align yourself with what God says marriage is, then you're out of order before any engagement or date, anything is set. If you don't know, if you're not aligned with God's will for marriage, you may know what God's will for marriage is, but if you have not heard it, understood it, accepted it, and made it part of who you are before you get married. Now, you're not in the marriage state. You have to understand that. What I mean by that, we were talking about this early, uh, last week we were talking about what the husband should be, what a man should be before he becomes a husband, and then he steps into the role of husband. But if you don't already have that in your mind, if you haven't already settled, oh, marriage is for a lifetime. Boom. If in your mind you're already thinking, well, if it's not like it's supposed to be, I can get a divorce. You don't have God's, you don't understand God's marriage, what God says for marriage. If you're a woman, you're already saying, well, um, if he's wrong, I'm just going to tell him about himself because he needs to know because I know. You're already out of God's authority. You're already out of line as a single person. If you're a man and you're like, well, you know, I just I want my wife to be happy. Whatever she says, I'm just going to do. Whether they say happy wife, happy life. So whatever she wants, I'm just going to give it to her. I'm never going to say no. I'm, I'm going to submit to my wife instead of submitting to God. You're already out of line. And now you may not think those thoughts exactly like that, but you will, have, you will think something similar and it will cause an action. 
So you've got to examine yourself. We're going to talk about that a little later on. Then we went into talking about mutual submission, that both the husband and the wife submit to each other because as believers we submit. So we went over to Colossians chapter 3. You can go ahead and go over to that. Um, um, I'm not going to read it, but we looked at, we're going to read something in there later. Um, we looked at Colossians 3 verses 12 through 9. And we talked about submission is a lifestyle. It flows out of the believer. So as a believer, you're going to be submitted to God. So you put yourself as an unmarried believer in position to submit as a married believer. Now, that doesn't mean because you're in proper position that you don't have to learn some things, that there's not going to be, um, you're not going to be able to have to try. It's not gonna, it's, you're going to have to try. It's not just going to come easy for you. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have temptations. But you're in position to do it. God is, you're prepared, and you can do it when you put the work in. So in marriage, both the husband and the wife must submit. That's mutual submission. They submit out of reverence and respect. God. This is God's will. So that's why they're submitted to each other. Then we went on and we talked about that they both have to agree on God's plan. And we went in and we said to agree with God's plan, that means you have to agree with God's purpose and what he said the husband should be and what he said the wife should be. And we talked about that submission, it has nothing to do with who's stronger, who's weaker, who who's smarter, who's more intelligent. There's no bias involved in it. Submission is God's plan. It's God's order. And when he delegates authority, it's delegated based on what he wants. It's delegated for purpose. It's delegated for order. Not necessarily the person in the position of delegated authority is in the position. God places the person. The person doesn't earn the delegated authority. Does that, does that make sense to y'all what I'm saying? It's not like God just says, well, they're the smartest. They're the best at this, so I'm just going to throw them delegated authority. No, God has a purpose. He has a plan. So delegated authority has to be submitted to God. In the family, the husband is the delegated authority. So as a man, you have to be submitted to God before you even consider marriage. Because what happens is you get more responsibility. As a single person, you submitted to God, you following him, there it is. When you become a husband, when you take that step and you add on, you're still a man, but you step into that role as husband, now you're the delegated authority in that family. As a husband, you are commanded to love your wife as Christ loves the church. So you think about how Christ loved the church. Christ loved us so much that he sacrificed himself for all the wrong we did. And guess what? He didn't do any wrong. So, as a husband, you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now, I'm just going to set that out there for all my single brothers. Think about that. You're thinking about getting married. And what I'm saying here, we're talking about being prepared for marriage. We're not saying you can't get married because you're not right here. What we're saying is, you're not prepared, but you can get prepared. Now is the time to get prepared. Take these things that we're saying and that we're teaching, and actually that God is saying through us, take them and say, God, how do I, how do I take that in my life? See, and I wasn't going to spend this much time reviewing. Y'all have pulled me into this, but I'm just going to go in. So 
what you do, you hear this word and you say, God, I see that. You know, I felt that conviction. And then you go and you talk to God about it. Ask God to show you, how do I make this work in my life? How do I let you work in my life and work these things out? Because when you step into that role, God has already outlined it for you. It's not like you're going to be able to say, God, I didn't know. God said, yes, you did. It's right here. So when you decide, as a man, you choose that I want a wife, and you go through that ceremony, because once again, before you get married, before the formal ceremony and the, the, um, the pastor, whoever does the officiant, says, I pronounce you husband and wife, before then, you are not married. And you don't have to love anybody as Christ loved the church. That's, you, you should love us all, you know. But we understand. But when you step into that, step, when you step into that uh, position as husband, now that is a responsibility that you have to carry out. God is saying, hey, I will give you the strength to do it, but you have to do it. So you don't, you don't get to waffle when you get in there. So when you decide that you want to get married, there are some things you need to understand. You have to understand God's plan for yourself and God's plan for marriage. And I said last week, you may not know every little detail of what God has called you to do, but you know he's called you to do something and that you, he knows that you, you know you've got to put your hand to the work. You know what God is saying about marriage. You know God expects you to reproduce after your kind. You know he expects a godly seed. And you're going to learn and you're going to grow in those things, but you know it's God's plan and it's all about his plan and not yours. When you decide to get married, you, decide, you realize that that wife, the wife you take, is your help. So that's a help suitable for you. So that's your God-given help in fulfilling the plan for you, the family. That's the role of the wife. So in that, as a husband, you have to realize at the time you, you're not going to, you, most likely you're not having children. But when you have children, you're going to have a wife and children. And every member of the family is made in the image and likeness of God so you can't abuse your God-given position. And it's up to the husband to build trust with his wife to protect his wife, to take directions from God for the family. That's what, that's what he's got to do. The husband should be a submitted servant that leads by example. His headship or his delegated authority is characterized and commanded to be Christ-like love. It's to be sacrificial and self-giving. So as the husband, when we talk about mutual submission, there's still mutual submission, but the husband doesn't abdicate his role as the delegated authority or the responsibility in the home of leadership. He doesn't give that up when in mutual uh, submission, but what it is, it is the sense of getting under his wife to bear her burdens, to carry her cares, to meet her needs and sacrifice his own, deseal, uh, excuse me, own desires to fulfill her needs. So that's what we talk about in mutual submission. You're not going to say, well, she can do whatever she wants. She's the head of this family because we're mutually submitting. No. You're submitting to care for her, to love her. So we talked about what God said the husband should be and what the man should be before he becomes a husband. Now, we kind of got into this last week. We start talking about what the woman should be. So let's go over. We are in Colossians chapter 3, right? So, Colossians chapter 3, we're just going to read verse 18 here. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. So, we said the wife submits to her own husband. He's the delegated authority in the family. 
So the woman, so there's the wife. That is the woman who is married. Now the woman or the potential wife must be submitted to God before she's married. That has to already be established because you're coming in to help. That is what that is. You can't help if you don't know what God is saying. So you have to be submitted to God and be able to hear from God, to be able to obey God, to listen to him, to be sensitive to his spirit. So the woman must unconditionally be submitted to God before she can submit to her husband. So as a married woman, you're not off doing everything you want to do. You're already, you're already orderly aligned in God's arrangement. And you have understanding. You, are, you have a relationship with God. So you're not helpless. So we talked about that last week. We said that helpless is not having a strong and submitted relationship with God. It's not allowing the grace of God to work in and through you. It's trying to do things in your own strength. It's making your own plans without consideration and true submission to God. How about that? Not, you might consider God, but you don't submit to him. You don't give your will over to his. You say, well, God, I'm going to do it this way. This is what I think I should do. So that's, that's being helpless. Being helpless is also not being validated, not having the proper view of who God has made you as a woman. Either you're saying, I'm all of this because I'm a woman and I'm great, or you're playing little. You're like, well, I don't know. I'm just a little woman. No, that's not who God made us. God made us something excellent. He made us something beautiful as women. He made us help. And in that, go over to uh, Proverbs 31. We're going to talk about this. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God made woman different than everything else. He took everybody else he formed from the dust of the ground. But woman, he took out of the body, the rib of Adam, and he formed her. So it was something different about woman than everything else. And we need to we need to appreciate that difference. We need to what do we we need to grab a hold of that and understand what God is doing for us. He's not, he's not made us over man. It's the rib, remember? It's not over his head. It's not under his feet. It's on the side. So as women, we have something to bring to the table. We're not coming in just saying whatever he wants. He's, he's the delegated authority. I'm just going to do what he says. I'm not even going to think for myself. He's going to do it all. That's not it. As a wife, when, Eve, when God brought Eve into Adam, he, she was a help that was suitable for him. To be a help, you have to bring something to the table. So let's look over here at Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, we're just going to read verses 10 through 12. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her, for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She shall do him good and evil all the days of her life. I'm going to read that in the Amplified. An excellent woman, one who is spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous. Who is he who can find her? Her value is more precious than jewels, and her worth is far above rubies or pearls. The heart of her husband trusts in her with secure confidence. And he will have no lack of gain. She comforts, encourages, and does him only good and not evil all the days of her life. So as a submitted woman to God, just a woman to God, not not a wife, guess what? You're virtuous. So what does that mean? So I'm submitted to God. 
That means I'm fully submitted to God. I obey God. I seek his wisdom and he gives me that wisdom. And that makes me virtuous. So when I'm a virtuous woman, it says here, who can find her? Who can find When you see one of those, you, hey, you got something. That's what it's saying. I like this in that, in that second verse in the Amplified in 11. It says, and he will have no lack of gain. No lack of, I said, that's, a, that's an interesting way of saying he's always going to have gain. He's not going to lack gain if he has a virtuous woman. So women don't go looking for the person to find the virtuous, virtuous woman. You know what I mean? Don't take your time. Don't spend your energy trying to figure out who can identify. That's what I mean. Can find that virtuous woman. Be the virtuous woman. You know, when you look at this, we always read it. We talk about it on Mother's Day and different things. But a virtuous woman is a virtuous woman. It means I was born a woman. I am a woman because that's what God made me. And now I'm submitted to God. I'm obeying him. I'm allow- I am following where he leads. And because of that, I have strength. I have, what do they call it here? Was it spiritual, capable, intelligent, and virtuous? That's, that's who you become when you're submitted to God. You become that virtuous woman. When I was thinking about this, Ruth. Ruth is a great example of this. Most of what we hear, what we read about Ruth in the Bible is her as an unmarried woman. She, she was married, then her husband died, then she was unmarried most of that time, and she gets married again. But you see her being virtuous. You see her realizing, wait, I want to go after this God of my mother-in-law. And then her mother-in-law, she submitted to her. She said, this is it's something, I don't know, she may not have known at all, but she submitted to what she knew. So as women, as women of God, we submit to God, and then we become this virtuous woman. When you're submitted to God, you won't be helpless. You will be capable. You will put yourself in position and be prepared to take on the responsibilities of a wife. So don't think that, okay, well, I'm going to be virtuous when I become a wife. No, you're not. You've got to be virtuous before you become a wife. Because guess what? The man of God, he's, all, he's looking for the woman who's already virtuous. And I want to make, make sure you understand this. We're all human. We all grow and we all mature. So you may see you may see me at a different stage in my life, and then you may see somebody in their twenties, and you're like, "Well, they both say they're submitted to God. I'm older. They, you know, I've been in the things of God. I, I've been submitting a little bit, a little longer than some other people who are younger. They just haven't lived that long. But the thing about it is, you're not looking for. Let me think of the best way to say this. There's a progression that we should all have when we're in the things of Christ. And there are things that we do. So when we submit to God, that's still the attitude that we have. So that's what you're going to see. You may not, you know, everybody's different. So that's what you're going to see, godly attitude. So the woman must be willing and prepared to take on the responsibility of the wife. She must put herself in position to submit and respect her husband so that she can help him in a manner suitable to God. So... I can't say I'm not a help if I'm doing my own thing. I help the way God says I help. I don't just get to do whatever I want to do. You ever have somebody say they're going to help you and then you, you need help and they go do something totally different than what you needed? And you're like, well, now i got to undo what you did. As a woman, when you become a wife, if that's how you help, if it's not on what God says to do, then you're hurting your family. When you submit, 
it's as in fitting to the Lord. You'll see that in the scripture. And I know when we were, um, after the family uh, teachings that we had, a lot of times we bring up, um, if, if you submit to your husband, but you submit to your husband as in the Lord. So the Lord's never going to tell you to do anything that's sinful. So as a wife, you submit as unto the Lord. But the thing about it is, as a wife, you've got to know what God says. You can't sit there and be like, oh, well, I'm not submitting to that because I don't think that's right. I don't think God said we ain't supposed to spend no money right now. Well, that's what you like. That's not what God said. So in that, you have to understand what God has said. And even in the times we're all human, maybe your husband does. Maybe he's not hearing from God. Maybe he missed it. As a woman, you're still not going to get out of character. You're a woman of God. You're a submitted woman of God. Let's go over to 1 Peter chapter 3. So, in this scripture it's talking about if the, if the husbands are unbelieving. But as a wife, if your husband does something that necessarily you don't like, or maybe you think, well, maybe there's something else that we need to do. Maybe God is telling you something. The way you, the way you go about it, is still as a submitted believer. So, as a wife, you have to allow the light of God to shine through you. So, when you allow the light of God to shine through you, when you're submitted to God and your husband, your character will speak louder than your words. Your lifestyle will influence your husband. Women, we have influence. We're to use that influence in a godly manner. We're not supposed to go in throwing it around, doing whatever we want to do, manipulation, lying, cheating to get what we want. That's not what it is. That influence is what God has given us, and we submit it to God and allow him to lead and guide us so that we can produce what he says we're supposed to produce. So let's go over here to 1 Peter chapter 3. We're going to read verses um, 1 through 6. It says, Likewise, likewise, you wives... Be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of their wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning of plaiting the hair, of wearing of gold, or of putting on of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. In that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, ordained themselves, being in subjection unto their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. So what it's saying here, it's not saying that you can't be cute, that you can't make your hair look nice, but that's not the thing that you're going to focus on. That your priority, that's, let's put it like that, your priority is being submitted to God and having an orderly arranged life the way God has called you to do. So in that, that is allowing your light, the light of God to shine through you. Your character will be seen by your husband. It's got, well, it should be done now. You, you don't have, if you're not like me, we're unmarried. Other people should see it. 
Then when you get married, it's going to be seen by your husband. And when it's time for you to, that, that godly influence, when it's time for you, to, for you to bring that help in, he can accept it because he's seen your character. Now, if you coming in being all loud and crazy and last week you were manipulating because you wanted to do this and you wanted to buy that and he said, no, we're not going to do it. Now you want to come and tell him God said. And he's like, but just a while ago you were lying and cheating. And now you want to tell me God said. So that's it. It's like you, you, you can't do that. Your life has to be arranged by God. It has to be orderly. You have to submit to God and let your character and your conduct show forth. And then when it's time, you know how it is. We all hear that. We don't want to hear about anything from a hypocrite. Right? So why would you think if you get in the position of a wife, if you're a hypocrite, that your husband's going to want to hear anything from you? Now, here's the thing. A husband and wife relationship is closer than any other relationship. So that means... You know, like some, we can kind of fool other people who aren't close to us, but husband and wife, you're going to see those things. So that's what it says, that inward man. you got to handle that stuff. So your life has to be orderly arranged under God's authority. It shouldn't be chaotic and out of order. Your life will be peaceful if you submit to God. The fruit of the Spirit will be seen in your life. And when this is in place, You'll be able to help your husband. You'll be able to minister to your husband. A lot of times, women, we want to do things a certain way. And we think that men communicate the way we communicate. And everything is like I am. You know, we just, the way I do it. You understand what I said because you think you're exactly like me, right? No. No. So when you become a wife, you have to allow God to show you how to communicate with your husband. You may have the help, but when you go to him the wrong way, you just come in like, well, God told me we need to do this, and we've been doing this wrong, blah, 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 all these things. And he's like, whoa, you know, I just walked in the door from work. Can you give me time to decompress? And now you're mad. You're like, well, I ain't telling you nothing else. But that's not what God says. Everybody's not the same. You have to allow your allow God to show you how to relate to your husband. And then you've got to submit to what God says so you can be the help that God called you to be. See, when you have differences, it can cause friction. Things are different. They run bumping and friction and all that stuff. But when you allow God to show you how to do what to do, that friction will become useful energy. And then your family can go the way God said it can go. So we're not, as, as women, we have to Submit to our husbands. We have to have the right attitude. First of all, submit it to God. And then we allow God to show us what to do, how to be that help. We're not just coming in, doing it our own way, doing it our own thing, busting stuff up. So we have to remember that submission does not mean weaker. So in marriage, in marriage there shouldn't be comparison. It shouldn't be, I'm bigger than you, I'm better than you, I make more than you, I'm smarter than you, I went to a better university, my family's smarter. That is, that is all wrong. If you're already doing that, you're already focused on the wrong thing. You've already got the wrong idea of marriage. So you're not going to have what God has said. So if you're not going to have what God has said, you're not going to have that godly marriage because you're not going to follow the pattern of God. You've got another pattern that you have in your mind. If you're not following the pattern of God, you can't produce a godly seed. So, in that, you're being rebellious, and rebellion is never going to produce godliness. So, you're looking for something that you can never have because you haven't aligned yourself with God. So, you've got to align yourself with God, what He says the definite, what He says marriage is, what He says the husband is, what He says the wife is. 
Those all things have to be in line and submitted to. So why do we submit in marriage? So submission, we know submission is voluntary. It's a choice. There are benefits to submission. And then if you rebel or you don't submit, those things are the same thing. Um, There are negative consequences. And we've been talking about this for a while. So when you submit and you uh, submit and you operate under delegated authority, needs are met, provision is made, wisdom is given, protection is extended, and peace is available. When both the husband and the wife submit to authority, so they're submitted to God, the wife is submitted to the husband as a delegated authority in the home, there's oneness and there's agreement. The agreement and the oneness is agreement and oneness with God. Can you see how? See, see it just makes sense. It makes it easy. So I'm submitted to God. My husband's submitted to God. Then guess what? We can be agreed together because we're agreed on God's plan and his will. Now, we may not like the same kind of ice cream, but that's okay. We can still produce what God called us to do. If you like chocolate chip and I want chocolate brownie, it's okay. They can live in harmony because they're both aligned with God's plan and his will. The husband's a delegated authority. He's submitted to God. The wife is submitted to God and the delegated authority of her husband. And she's the help that he needs. God gave him that. But if the husband and the wife are not in agreement, they can't walk as one. There's no harmony. There's disorder. There's chaos. So here are negative things. So now you see we're going into negative. All that was the good stuff. But without submission, there are always going to be battles and wars that are never resolved. Because you're not one. There are always going to be battles and wars that are not resolved. And I'm going to tell you, men, you should know about this. Women, we don't forget nothing. Okay? And we will bring it up. And you, it'll be, you know, women, we incubate. So you gave us a bullet, a little bitty bullet. I don't know nothing about guns, so a little bitty baby bullet. And we bought you an atomic bomb bat. So understand, without submission, there will be battles and there will be wars, big wars that are never resolved. Without submission, there's going to be chaos, anarchy, which is lawlessness. Okay, you, you see it now. You see the chaos and the anarchy and the lawlessness in society. You don't want that in your marriage. You don't want that in your marriage. Because guess what? When there's lawlessness, you can never be productive. Chaos in your life. So you, you, you're not, there's no submission in marriage. And I, here's my thing. You're not submitted in marriage. You're not submitted to God. And that's going to spill over into every area of your life. It's chaos spreads like wildfire. Um, you guys are still over in First Peter chapter 3, right? Now this one gets me. We're just going to read chapter 7. Excuse me, verse 7. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife, as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So I do want to, I want to do this because people, once again, people use the scripture to get advantage over other people. The weaker vessel, think of that more as how she was formed out of Adam's rib. 
the purpose that the reason why women are different from men and men are different from women. Don't think about weaker as in lesser, okay? But now let's get to this other part. So I'm just going to read this. I'm going to start in the middle of this verse. And as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. I've been thinking about this scripture for like a month. So you mean to tell me I'm not treating my wife right. And I'm going to take this liberty. I'm not treating my husband right. My, hu- my prayers will be hindered. So I'm praying for some things. And my par- prayers are being ineffective. And guess what? It's not that God is ineffective because we know who God is. Here's the deal. We know this. If our, what is it? If our horizontal is not right, then our vertical will be wrong. So you live in treacherously with your wife. And you think that you, you, you're, you're going to just move smoothly with God? God is saying no. God is saying no. You know, we have to treat each other right. You know, it says submit to each other. The other or another, that's, that's the husband and the wife. So when you step into marriage, there's, a diff- there's another responsibility comes in. You have to be ready for this. It affects every part of your life. So you don't want your prayers to be hindered. So you need to have the right relationship with God and the right relationship with your spouse. So another thing is marriage, it doesn't change the call on an individual's life. And it doesn't change the gifts that God has given each, each individual in marriage. So you don't get a pass because you're married. That's still there. God has, if God has called you, whatever God has called you to do, it's still there. Whatever spiritual gifts God has given you. By the grace of God, empowered you to do, you still have to do those things. Now, that doesn't change because you get married, but how you handle those responsibilities can change if your marriage is out of line. So, um, I'm running out of time, so I want you to, um, no, I want to read this one. Let's go to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 11. And I probably will beat y'all there, and I'll just go ahead and start reading. So 1 Corinthians chapter 11, I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is the man. So that means head of every man, every man is Christ, but the head of the, the, uh, the woman is her husband. And the head of every man, excuse me, and the head of Christ is God. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head uncovered, dis, uh, dishonoreth his head. But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered, dishonoreth her head. For that is even all as if she were shaven. So here's the thing. The line of authority is established by God. That's what that's talking about there. It's the line of authority. There's no superior gender. There's no inferior gender. So when you have not aligned yourself in proper position under authority, that means under the supreme authority and under delegated authority, then you're dishonoring God. You, you cannot do the will of God by dishonoring God. So as a woman, if I am dishonoring my husband, then I can never fulfill what God has called me to do because I'm not submitted to delegated authority. As a husband, write this verse down, uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5. It talks about if a man doesn't know how to um, uh, handle his own house, how can he handle the house of God? 
So as, as a man, if you don't have everything, if you don't have things in order, if you're not handling your God-commanded responsibilities to your family and to your wife, then you're out of alignment with God. When you're out of alignment with God, you can't serve Him co- correctly or effectively. If you're shirking your godly responsibilities as a husband, then you're not doing everything God has called you to do because there are commandments. There are things that a husband is supposed to do. Same thing for a wife. If you're going over and you're not fulfilling your godly responsibility as, responsibilities as a wife, you're not doing what God has called you to do. So you can't say, well, God, you've given me the spiritual gift of prophecy or, or whatever you want to you say God has given you. And now I'm doing all these different things, but at home I'm dishonoring my husband. And here's the thing, that, that's a good thing. At home I'm dishonoring my husband. No, you're dishonoring your husband whether you're at home, on the street, in church, wherever. Because it's a heart issue. So if your heart has rebellion in it, how are you going to submit to God and do his will? So you can't, you can't compartmentalize your life like that. That's what it's saying. Don't think that you can come up here and, and have a whole crazy out of line home life and then think that you are going to come up here and honor God. So as a husband, as a wife, when you step into that role, it affects every part of your life, whether positive or negative. So last but not least, we're going to talk about how to prepare for marriage, uh, for submission in marriage. And throughout the teaching, I've been saying it. Submit to God. Submit to God. First, submit to God. Then, because you submit to God, it's really not a then. When you submit to God, there's a whole package deal. You know, like sometimes you get those all-inclusive vacations and everything's there. When you submit to God, it's all-inclusive. Gratuities and everything. Don't you know? No, everything's included. So when you submit to God, that means you submit to the delegated authority in your life, whatever capacity they're in. So that includes your parents. That includes your pastor. That includes whatever. If you are in the choir, that includes the leaders of the choir. You submit to delegated authority. So here's what also what you do. You take some time and you do some introspection. You know, a lot of times we don't like to do introspection. We don't want to get quiet. We don't want to sit before God and we don't want to ask him, God, Okay, I heard these teachings and I was squirming, my neck got hot, my stomach got a little sick at some point. Oof. And okay, God, that was for me. We don't want to sit. We may say that and we sit for like 10 seconds. But introspection, you're going to do that, you're going to come back to it, you're going to spend some time with it. And what you want to do is you want to look back at the times you weren't submitted and analyze what you did. And this is what you want to do. You don't just want to look at the action. You want to look at the action, but you want to recall the attitude that you have or your thoughts what was going on in your life when you decided to not submit what did you expect to accomplish what did you think the outcome was going to be then say okay have you changed since that incident okay you can say yes okay I have changed then how have you changed see it's, it's real it's introspection you're going to have to ask yourself some questions and if you have changed what was the catalyst for the change? Because you know change just doesn't come. Either there, This is it. Change comes because you get new information or you accept new information. So did you hear something new and you heard, you heard the word and you changed? Or had you heard the word and just been disobedient and now you're now turning to be disobedient? So that's what you have to look at. Then just look at what other word am I not obeying? Am I obeying every part that I've been taught? 
So you're going to have to do some introspection to be prepared to submit. So you have to ask God to show you you. Because if you can't submit while you're unmarried, you won't submit when you're married. So what about the other person? That's the one we all been wanting, right? Because you're like, I am sick about thinking about me. Tell me about what I need to look for in this dude I like or this woman. So here we go. You've been hearing this throughout the whole thing. Ask questions. Ask their parents. Okay, you say, well, I don't know their parents. They go to this church. Ask the delegated authority of this church. I don't want to bother pastor with that. Listen, she would rather you understand this and not get it or do the will of God because you're not bothering her. You're a pastor. I mean, she's your pastor. She's the gift that God has given you. Now, there's a way to do it. Don't run up to her after service. There, uh, once again, submit to the authority that's in the church as to how to set up time to talk to your pastor. So, so practice that submission first if you want to practice submission. But ask the questions. Then, ask them some questions. So, you know, I was thinking about this, and I said, well, you know what? People are like, well, I don't know if I want to ask them. So you're dating this person? And you're interested in them. You're talking about everything else. Why not talk about this? And then here's the thing. Be wise as a serpent, but be harmless as a dove. Ask some indirect questions. Because the thing about it is, never ask the question you don't have the answer to. If somebody asks you the question and you don't know the answer, you better get yourself in position. That means that, like I said, the woman has to know the word of God so she can be a help. If you're going in asking, well... You know, here's, here's one. I was thinking about this. Well, you know, who did you go to to get your will notarized? Remember we got that teaching on having things together? You didn't say, did you get a will? You said, who did you go to to get it notarized? And they'll be like, huh? But if they have the right answer, look, they're submitting to the teaching. Now, I was thinking about this. I said, That's you, you ask them those kind of questions to try to figure out how much money they make. Don't play. Y'all know you do. You know you do. You're like, well, let me see. Or you, you, you get around those questions and you figure those things out. And then, so you ask the questions, pay attention to the answers. Don't just say, oh, well, they answered, that's good, check. No, there's, there's a specific answer you're looking for. And the, to know what that, specifically, uh, that specific answer is, you're going to have to be prayerful. So you're asking them questions, then you're prayerful. God, remember a person who submitted to God? Wisdom. God gives them wisdom and protection. So then you examine their life because nothing speaks louder than the actions. In their life, are rules just suggestions for them? You know, like, yeah, I know we're supposed to do it, but I, I just kind of don't. You know, and then when something happens, when they get corrected or there's a rule, and is there always an explanation? Well, I did that because, or there's an excuse why they can't follow that rule. Then how do they apply the teachings? If, you, if, you, if they go to another ministry, ask them about what they, they've been hearing. What have y'all been teaching? This is what we've been teaching, and this is what I did because I figured out I had to change. What did you do? And then, last but not least, look at the drama or the disorder in their life. Is their life peaceful and orderly? Or can they not get it? Is it always some drama? Every week is something new. Add it on. Nothing ever. Drama's always going on. Just add drama too. So those are the things you have to look for. And the one thing that I want to say here, right before I close here, there's, as, as someone who wants to be married, there are things you're looking for in a potential spouse, but you need to be those things. Exactly, because guess what? The person who's your potential spouse is looking for those, should be looking for those things too, because we're all born again believers. 
So as born again believers, submission in marriage is not foreign or it's not a completely new concept. But it's just adding to what's already been established and consistently lived. So as believers, if we are unmarried and we want to get married, God has given us everything we need to be prepared to submit in marriage. And he has provided all we need to do what he's called us to do. Amen? And I'm out of time. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.